0: Alright, I'm Owen. I'm Christian. I'm Emily. We did Batman vs. Hulk, written in 1981.
1: Um, so the story takes place in pre-52 world, and it also crosses over in the Marvel Universe. Um, it takes place in Gotham and New Mexico. It takes place in the late 70s, early 80s, um, after Robin leaves, but before... Batman
0: starts wearing black Alright, the artist is Jose Luis Garcia Lopez and the writer is Len Wein Jose Luis Garcia Lopez mainly worked for DC Comics but there were 9 things that he worked on that were not in the DC Comics Len Wein worked in both DC and Marvel and there were 8 TV series that he worked on there was The Avengers, United They Stand, based off of Command, Decision, and Iron Man, based off of Fire and Rain, and the last one is Spider-Man, the animated series based off of two comics, The Alien Costume, Part 1, and Venom Returns. These are the commonly known series. Uh, Yeah.
2: Len Wyden was introduced into the Will Eisner Comic Book Hall of Fame in 2008. Jose was uh, nominated twice for the Eisner Award in 1992 and 1997. Wine also worked on Teen Titans, X-Men Gold, Batman 66, The Lost Episode, before Watchmen, and um, they have not really worked together on anything else, but there were different versions and series of the comics that they
0: both worked on. All right, um, this is kind of a summary of our of our comic (laughs) oh yeah it's the (laughs) storm um yeah so the cool thing about this comic is it takes place in two different universes one is fictional and one is an actual place because New Mexico is an actual place and Gotham is where Batman is from it's it's kind of like a mixture which kind of suggests that Gotham is in that part of the country so uh it starts off with the Joker as kind of the main bad guy. There's more than one we find out later in the story. But the Joker starts off as the main bad guy. And he he wants to steal the Gamma Ray Gun from Wayne Enterprises. And Batman obviously is Bruce Wayne. But this is the 80s and no one knows that. So that that's how it starts off. Christian and Emily, what do you guys think about the story starting off with the villain? That's not always... The way comics go it usually starts off with the superhero. Do you think that's weird? Yes. <laughs> Do you think it's weird? That's nice. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so the Joker steals the gun next, and in the process unleashes the Hulk because Bruce Banner is hiding as part of Wayne Enterprises' uh, employee list. He just he finds a job there and he changes his name, but he still wears purple pants because it's cool and it's the '80s. So he works there, and in the process of the Joker and his goons stealing this gun from Wayne Enterprises, the Gamma Ray gun, Bruce Banner gets mad because he has to, and it's the 80s. And that's the style of the comic, so he, he fights and stuff. So what do you guys think about him in his almost uniform? You see these new Marvel comics and movies like The Avengers and he's not wearing purple, They try to change things up. They try to make it more original. What do you guys think about the 80s version of the Hulk, where he's wearing... He has to wear purple pants. Do you guys think it says something about the style of the 80s? Yeah.
1: (laughs) I don't know. It's kind of like his uniform. It's his uniform. Batman always wears Batman clothes.
0: Batman So the Hulk
1: always wears his purple shorts.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's how they showed kids that were reading this comic that it was Bruce Banner. think it it showed them how, like, someone that wasn't paying enough attention or someone that was too young and reading this comic in 1981 knew that that was the Hulk. And they would see in all the comics, even if they flipped through the book at a random page and he said they saw purple pants, then they would know that it was Bruce Banner. Also, that wouldn't work, because when the Hulk gets bigger, his pants aren't made of rubber, they don't stretch out. So I don't really know how that works. But we're going to ignore it, and we're going to move on to the next plot point, which is that the Joker steals it, and steals the gun, and the Hulk is left under the wing of Bruce Wayne as a scientist, so Bruce Wayne hires him after fighting him, because he has, he's forced to fight him, so he hires him as, an, as a scientist, who still has anger problems, and no one cares to solve those anger problems, because no one's thinking about the fact that he can turn into a monster. Um, but he works he works for Bruce Wayne. Uh on h- Bruce Wayne's private sciencey boat, uh the Joker acts like he's a military person. He acts like he's a, a military power him and his goons and they they take like a what's well, like a a black hawk helicopter and they and they act like they they got to take Bruce Wayne to a special facility when really it's just the Joker kidnapping him. Do you guys think that that was a smart move for the Joker? to take the Hulk back, Hulk back under his power to get the advantage of the Hulk instead of Bruce Wayne using it against him.
1: I mean, yeah, like Hulk is super strong. Super strong. So like why
0: wouldn't He's you a big run? scary monster. He's a big scary monster. So it's better for Batman to have that power than the Joker because Batman's a good guy and the Joker's a bad guy and the Joker's going to do bad things. Which is pretty common, I think, whenever there's an uncontrollable power in any story. The bad guy always wants to take control over the good guy. Alright, so the Joker, the way that the Joker takes advantage and controls the Hulk is with the blob thing. The comic actually calls it the blob thing. It's this big toothpaste-looking thing that swallows Hulk and, like, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, if you've ever watched, like, Monsters vs. Aliens, the movie... And there's that blue thing with all like the goo, and it looks like Jello. Like that's what this guy is, but it's not see-through, not translucent. I don't know how to explain it. But the only way that um, the Joker is able to make that that blob thing is with the gamma ray gun, and he has the gamma ray gun because he used it to summon this big alien Batman thing, and we don't really know much about it. You know, his name is uh, his name is Darkseid which I'm pretty sure is not correct but it is. So, his dark side is a big alien robot thing and the Joker, you know, uses him to summon all these powers and it's like picture like Thanos from space and that's pretty much what it is. Now, when he uses that, that's not his name by the way, it's Shaper. I used the wrong name, but too late. So, his name is Shaper. He uses Shaper to get all of these powers and summon all these things and he uses these powers to take advantage of bruce wayne again he's using an unleashed power against something that he doesn't like which is pretty common so when the joker takes the hulk back um he doesn't he takes him to the shaper the big powerful robot thing that has all this uncontrollable power and the Shaper can't control Hulk because the Shaper's hurt. Shaker's backstory Shaper's backstory is that he fell from space because he got hurt in space. He's like, his power is limited. So he lands on, on Earth. The Joker finds him with the gamma ray gun thing, and they have shared power. So the Shaper doesn't have as much power as he used to. So when him and the Hulk fight, Hulk wins and he escapes. So... Do you guys think that something is going... After reading that part in the story, which you guys all did, um, what did you guys think? Do you think that that was too cliche or generic for the enemy to lose at first because it was so early in the comic? Yeah, there was no, like, fight. There was no fight. He just kind of left. So that, I think, is pretty generic lately when you watch movies or if you watch or watch comics, if you, like, read comics. There's always... A loss in the beginning and then like reborn like the batman begins he's like in a shitty place in in, in the beginning and he comes back at the end minus five points for owen <laughs> all right next the joker turns on the light to summon batman and batman arrives and eventually the two assist each other to go find the hulk because the hulk is going going through you know Gotham, and it's no bueno. You can't have that because the Hulk is all-powerful, and you know, he has to calm down at some point, right? So do you guys think it's weird for the Joker and Batman to team up?
1: Um, Yeah
0: Because they're not known friends. They're enemies. Joker's insane, and Batman's been trying to catch this guy for years, and they actually team up with each other
1: And Batman's evil
0: Batman's evil. Well, Joker's evil. Batman. I, yeah, <laughs> that's what I meant. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah. Well, the the Batman and Joker are forced to team up because they have to take down what at that moment is a common enemy, but you know the plot twists and turns so much because they're trying to grasp the attention of all the young viewers in 1981. So they have to make all these plot twists and turns so they have the enemy team up with the friend for a minute, and then they go switch back and forth, there's always an enemy. So when that happens, the Batman and the Joker uh, team up, the Joker uses Hulk to attack the Shaper alone, and when that happens, Batman comes to assist them. So the Joker tries again, takes Hulk back to the Shaper, Shaper, the Shaper. Shaper, and they they fight him they try to do this and oh, so many times and even batman helps which i don't think makes sense batman is not superhuman do you guys think that batman is overpowered in general do you guys think that or he's overrated even he's, he's only a human he's just he's just a rich guy can't defeat an alien robot we, even with hulk i mean do you guys think that he's seen as overpowered even like recently maybe even like he fights superman Have you watched a movie that came out like a few years ago?
1: I did not see that movie.
0: Yeah, but... I wouldn't say overpowered, but I'd say like...
1: Overrated.
0: Yeah, just
2: overrated because of the money that he gets. Fuels
0: his powers. Yeah, Yeah,
1: if he didn't have money, he would just be some guy.
0: Yeah, just a normal guy, normal rich man. That's like Mark Zuckerberg becoming Batman. Well, next what happens in the story, the Hulk and Batman fight in a combination of their enemies from Two-Face to Scarecrow and Abomination and Leader. Abomination and Leader are from the Marvel universe and Two-Face and Scarecrow are from Batman and you know Joker's DC universe. Now, since this is a funny comic and you know they're just trying to have fun and for a little combination issue, they combine all their enemies to make it balanced. So when fans are reading this like Mr. Turley himself in 1981, they what's happening is when they open that comic when they first get it from the store and they you know, fold it up or whatever, they are expecting it to be fair and balanced from between both universes with both they weren't it 's like when you 're watching a show and it was in the preview someone dies, you expect them to die when, when someone makes a comic like this with a combination of both universes, you expect them to have both aspects of the universe, so they have to fight these these people and because it 's a comic book, they have to win and they win. Because it's towards the end, you know, things have to start going their way. Do you guys think that it's kind of, kind of predictable and kind of stupid that they have to meet exactly their enemies at, at the same time, right in front of them?
1: I mean, it's a comic book, so like they have to fight someone eventually.
0: Have to fight someone eventually. That's a good way to put it, I guess. All right. Well, after that, they defeat their enemies. They race to the warehouse where the Shaper is housed, and the Shaper obtains enough power to shut the Hulk down. He defeats the Hulk. He uses his power, he regains his power, and he shuts the Hulk down. So he turns him back into a human, which is a big deal because he was a Hulk for a long time, for what seems like overnight, because you know, he escaped in the, escapes to the city. And when they race to the warehouse, that scene is a sunrise, so we, have, we get the impression it's been a whole day since he's been on the loose and they've been trying to find him all night. Sounds like hell, but it's Gotham, it's the same thing. And then after that, the Joker has control of the Shaper, and he obtains limitless power in the world. He can do whatever he wants, because the Joker has control of the Shaper, and the Shaper is a really, really powerful person. So he has control over all of them.
2: Next. So, uh, Batman and the newly transformed Hulk attempt once again to stop the Joker and his limitless power twisted world. Um, Next is, the madman Joker feels the surge of power too much because the
0: power of the Shaper is too much even for a man as crazy as the Joker. So, do you guys think that that's kind of creepy? Can you imagine if a guy that went to a mental asylum... For being crazy, created a world that we all had to live in, in his demented world, because, you know, he had limitless power. That's happened before. I think of, like, Hitler was a pretty messed up dude. He he wanted to create a world where he was in power. It's almost, in my opinion, similar, because those are two very creepy things, and they're possible. And And the next plot point that you read was that it was too much power for him. So that means that it's sicker than he is. The, the, the power that he has is too much for him. Can you imagine a power that's worse than Hitler? That was too bad for Hitler? <laughs> that's pretty crazy. So it's, that, it just tells you, the comic is trying to tell you how crazy this power is. How crazy it is for the Joker to obtain it and how creepy it is to turn Gotham into something like that. Next, the Shaper leaves Earth
2: after his deal with the Joker is fulfilled and the Joker has been
0: defeated alright so after the Joker has been defeated you know they all team up and it's like almost like a happy ending and and um yeah so that is exactly what we expect from a a Marvel comic or or a DC comic combination from the 80s it's very typical of, of this kind of this kind of thing to have almost like a fairy tale ending you know what I mean so, all this stuff put together makes exactly what we to, or ex- exactly what we are to expect from a comic like that. Something I find funny is the police were never involved in this, at all. So either the Gotham police really suck, or in this universe there are no police. Which sucks even more. But there has to be police, because there's a government, and there's, there's government generals, and there's all these sort of people, but yet there's no police. So either they got lazy in 1981 in writing this comic, or there was too much going on to, yeah, draw the police in. But after that, it's kind of like an epilogue. So it's, it's a bit later in the in time. Joker's locked up. He's back in the asylum, but it's not called, you know, it's it, it's still the asylum, but it's like a it's like a nursing home almost for crazy people. And Batman knows deep down inside that. Bruce Banner will always have the Hulk problems. He'll always, he'll, for, for history, he'll always have the problem of turning into the Hulk. And that's proven because, what is it now? 30, 40 years later, we still have, we still have the Hulk. We still watch a, a Avengers movies. We still watch all these Marvel movies where the Hulk is still the Hulk. And that pretty much is the summary of, that, of this comic from 1981.
2: So for themes and motifs, there was no uh, social themes brought up in the comic. No current events, only Gotham. Um, for heroism and bravery, there. Uh, Batman. Batman is brave because he fought, uh, fights Hulk, and Batman is like human. He's not like doesn't have actual superpowers. He's just rich. And then they both are heroes because they come together after they fight to fight the Joker at the
0: end. All right, the political commentary. Uh, satire is that he. It's not like it's not really focused on any political event. It's not. It's not like when we read the other Batman comic, the, the, the Dark Knight one, in uh, in class. There's there's Reagan. There's like a Reagan esque kind of president. There isn't anything like that in this. There's not like it doesn't really relate to the real world. It's like almost like an illusion. It's it's funny. It's like the Adam West Batman in like the 60s so the joker the the motif of insanity is a big one the joker is so insane that he has too much power also because hulk yeah, has his, his anger so it doesn't it doesn't really affect it's that much power it's that hulk has that much power to turn into the green monster it's insanity it's it's how you can keep yourself together is is a motif and in, in the violence, there's a violence m- motif too in there. Bruce Wayne fights the Hulk as a human. That's pretty messed up. You you can see that if this wasn't a comic book, and you know, this was real life, that's pretty messed up. That's like uh, me fighting Muhammad Ali, or you know me fighting Mike Tyson. I get, I get my my rear end handed to me. The Hulk would do that to to Batman. So the justice motif is at the end. Joker ends up in in, in an asylum. And that's exactly what you expect from a 1981 comic. And hell, the other motif, is Gotham is hell. I think even without the Hulk in Gotham, Gotham is hell. I, I grasp that from everything I read or see about Gotham or Batman. I think Gotham is hell. And even with Joker's alternate Shaper world, when Shaper assisted him to make this messed up world, it was hell. It was even more hell. So... This is our ranking of one to ten with specific scenes and dialogue by yours truly, Emily Bonds.
1: Um. So the plot is very fast moving and reminiscent of the 1980s. Its flaws are that it is silly and whimsical like the Adam West Batman TV show version type. The dialogue is easy to understand and we enjoyed reading it because Batman was more of a talker and less dark than, say, the Dark Knight. The art is very fun and less realistic. The art is more cartoony and appealing and colorful. In um, the DKR, Bruce Wayne talks less and is more dark and mendison in this comic the batman is more talkative and lighthearted. out oh, there to stop crimes
0: all right well that's it i'm owen i'm christian
1: i'm emily
0: and that is our review and podcast of batman versus the hulk written in 1981